Thanks so much for joining us on the sports here. It's really good to chat to you uh, in England. We're currently doing well at Essex. First question, uh, Brown Laura, you obviously did well against him when you were representing South Africa. Um, what contributed to you to basically having his number? A really good record against him. It's just weird enough. Um, maybe my action didn't suit him, uh, but also maybe because I were able to take the ball away from around the wicket for him. Yeah. He walks quite walked quite across quite a lot and then um, everybody always said I had a devil wrist uh, and then I could bring the ball back because I had a really strong wrist from around the wicket and it sort of uh, sort of made him feel uncomfortable sure um, so I think that worked in my favour possibly just because I was slightly different different action I had a unique action and I think that could have worked in my favour and mm. also I got him out a few times but he was 199, he was 120, so, <laughs> so it, took you, it took you a long time to get him sometimes, but um, yeah, I'm quite um, pleased uh, I was fortunate enough to get him out so many times. Yeah, because I mean, geez, like you say, he, he was phenomenal and the records that he has is, is brilliant, so to actually get him out, I think is a big fear than you, okay, it's, it's excellent. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the big thing for me is I always, when I was playing for South Africa, I never knew when it was my last test match. Right. Uh, I knew I was always a 50-50 choice be because of uh, the colour issue possibly or just the team selection and the, the mm. dynamics mm. they want to go at. So I, every test I took as my last test and try and um, give my best sure. shot. Yeah. And especially I wanted to see myself against the best players in the world. So when the best players come in, I was always really excited to bowl. Instead of freeing away from it, <laughs> there's my daughter, sorry. <laughs> I, I was pretty excited um, yeah. to see how good I was and I, if I could um, mm. bowl well and stand out against them. Um, and that's why I think I did quite well against him because I wasn't afraid. I wasn't yeah, afraid of true. things. I, yeah. I wanted to take a challenge against anybody and whoever it might be. Mm. Uh, and I think that sort of helped me just uh, the inner confidence and belief I had in myself that I could hopefully um, get them out and want to see if I could get them out and sort of I think helped me especially against uh, top batters in the world absolutely absolutely because I don't know I mean the first impression that I got when I saw you is that the word passion comes across quite strongly you were passionate about what you were doing and and you obviously found it quite easy to get yourself out of sight of ready for about to, you know, bowl and take on the baton. Is that a fair assumption? Um, I think it's pretty fair. I yeah. knew my action weren't good enough. Um, I didn't have the best action. Uh, I had, a, like I said, a, a decent wrist. Um, I had decent skill. Mm. Um, but if I was just playing and wanting to do just my skill and wrist, uh, I was not that good, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Uh, but I thought if I brought a bit of aggression, a bit of passion towards my bowling, it made me a different bowler because then I was more aggressive, I bowled better, I bowled quicker. And I sort of knew if I get myself into that frame of mind, um, that's when I knew I, I bowled my best. And sort of that's what I always tried to do. Yes, sometimes I possibly went overboard and looked stupid. But I knew I had to be like that. Otherwise, I was half the bowler that I could have been. Yes, uh, yes. I think that helped me. So, so one way, yes, it was easy. But also I knew that's where I had to be... Uh, mentally to be at my best yes like I said sometimes I possibly went overboard <laughs> that's those things but I'd rather do that and play with passion than not yeah. playing caring and knowing that I give my best shot every time I play but I mean doing that and I know I think some some bowlers still do it today you know they, they bowl the ball they run up and they 
hammer with a stay of the batsman. I think you mastered it. Because, I mean, that's what it is. It's a contest between bat and ball, you know. And, I mean, that, don't you think that's what make, makes cricket unique, that contest? I think so. Uh, it is. The bowler's got a cricket ball in his hand. The batter's got pads, gloves, everything. Okay. So what else can a bowler bring to it? Yeah. Um, and that's why I thought the aggression is part of it. Mm. Now, like I said, yes, I, I like the staring. And sometimes I would have said words and I wouldn't even be able to tell you what I said. As it would be a heat of the moment. Um, but I think that that's probably when I was at my best. And it's also like everybody don't want to see robots. They want to see characters. I, think, I thought I brought something different to South Africa and a bit of characters. And these days it's pretty hard. The rules have changed a lot. Yeah. The umpires are quite strict on you. So Absolutely. you have to be quite careful. And there's a lot more people watching. And are you respected? And I still respect looking back. I did a lot of things where I shouldn't have done and yeah, yeah. possibly swore too much. And that's one of those things. But I was always going to be on the borderline of going over or not, uh, of being in trouble or not. And um, yes, you are going to make mistakes. But like I said, that was the best uh, for me as, as a cricketer and the best I could give South Africa. Uh, so I'd rather do that than being uh, just a stereotype, boring, uh, medium-paced bowler. Yeah, <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with you because it makes me think of the time South Africa were playing England. You know, a few years ago, Rabada bowled out Joe Root and he sort of ran across and I think there was a bit of a shoulder bump. Um, yeah. But he was obviously psyched up and he's obviously worked hard to get the wicket, but he got into trouble. And I sort of thought, well, it's jolly interesting where the game is going because, I mean, he's worked jolly hard to get a bloody good batsman out and he's been yeah. punished for, for a celebration. So... I don't know. So the spirit of cricket, it's it's that's always a tough one to to look at. But yeah, it's it, the game. It is a fifty. It is a fifty-fifty call, and possibly yes, the contact could have been avoided. Yeah. But I I felt like I felt really sorry for him because yeah. if you work so hard to get a batter and you show a bit of passion and excitement to get a wicket that you yeah. earned and worked for, and you can't show that anymore, it's bloody disappointing because yeah, that's what people love seeing: guys working hard and celebrating their hard work Absolutely. and these days uh, you, you've got to be so careful what you do and see and <laughs> say and yeah. what, you can't think of that you, you're working on trying to get a batsman out then you got to think about if I get him out please don't survey too much because that might be wrong it, it just yeah. it, it becomes a bit tricky for guys so you, you yeah, do feel different. sorry for them so yeah hopefully they can get a uh, a good balance eventually where they can yeah. allow the characters to come out a little bit more um, because I think that's what cricket fans and people quite enjoy his characters and different like Ben yeah. a character. Yeah. He plays brilliantly, he plays with passion. Uh, there's a lot of guys around the world that plays like that. Um, mm. But hopefully they can find a medium balance or good balance so they can allow some characters to come back into the game. No, that's true. That's true. But I know before you joined Essex, um, obviously you focused a bit on coaching. What was sort of the idea or what made you feel like, I actually want to pursue this coaching role now, specifically bowling coaching? This is going to be a very interesting story for you. <laughs> so I was coaching at, 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 um, at Easterns for about three, three years. Yeah. Um, then I coached a bit at Tickies also a little bit. Uh, but, okay, I started coaching at Tickies first. Let's okay. go there. And then I went to Easterns for three years. Then I started coaching with the National Academy. Mm. Um, and I helped with the National Academy for a year. And then I sort of um, stopped coaching. I went into working as a marketing manager for Nashua. Oh, wow. Uh, for a few reasons, 
once again, yeah, uh, very difficult as a white guy to sometimes get good coaching uh, jobs. You can coach at club level, but from coaching franchise cricket, almost same professional, then coaching in a national academy, and then coaching a club side, it's really hard to to drop your standards that low kind of thing and no yeah. disrespect to them if, if yeah. that makes sense um, and then sort of um, I started working um, still were involved with the Titans quite a lot my best friend uh, Peter Bear still works there so I still were involved with them did their marketing did events and all those things and I played for Essex in 2004, 5 and mm. 6 or 5, 6, 7 thereabouts I mean and the coach or the captain of that stage was Ronnie Arani and he was the director of, he became the director of cricket. And me and Ronnie has always been friends and uh, always stayed in touch. And he touched base with certain players that he wanted to sign from South Africa for Essex and see what my thoughts are. So we always stayed in touch and, uh, and he, he got my thoughts about certain players I wanted to sign. And then he said this opportunity in 2018, um, actually the coaching job was available. Sure. So he said, apply, see what happens. And I said, it's a big risk, but I, I love cricket with a passion, especially bowling. And yeah. I, I wanted to be involved in it. And uh, unfortunately, the opportunities weren't quite ready in South Africa yet. Uh, and this came along. So I applied for a job in 2018 and I didn't get the job. Uh, Demi Mascarenas got it. Uh, and then 2019, he just suddenly decided he didn't want to have the job anymore. Sure. Uh, Ronnie phoned me again, said, apply for the job. And... <laughs> Uh, somehow it went good and uh, luckily Anthony McGrath the head coach at the moment was quite happy with uh, how the interview process went and the opportunity came along and um, I thought it's a big risk uh, possibly coming over it's, uh, but it's opportunity for me to be involved in cricket give the knowledge and experience I've got back to a club that actually looked after me uh, when I was playing for them as a really nice club a very family oriented club um, and I thought, why not? Let's see how it goes for the first year. Uh, uh, and um, 2019 was a pretty uh, good year for us. We won the Vitality yeah. Cup and the championship. Mm. Uh, and then uh, it worked quite different. I was on probation period for six months. So my whole contract the first year was on probation. <laughs> so it's still a ballsy decision, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And then luckily, at the end of the season, they made me permanent staff. Okay. Uh, so now you've got a bit of security they can give you like if something goes wrong they give you a three months notice instead of where you're on probation they can let you go any, any yeah. moment um, so that does help a little bit uh, my family moved over in December now this of last year uh, my daughter starts school my wife found a nice job here so that's good. Yeah. Um, at the moment it's going quite well and that's how the opportunity came along it's just by Ronnie being the director of cricket being being in touch with him, the interview process went quite well. Um, everything went away, and especially the first year. Don't know if I made a big difference, but I'm going to claim it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. Because, I mean, talking about it, yeah, I mean, you guys did well to win the county championship there. It was a proper victory. Um, yeah. I think we played unbelievable cricket. We, yes. like the Vitality Cup, we were probably very lucky. A lot of, a lot of games went our way with rain. Okay. Then we won all our games. We were quite fortunate, but on the finals day, we played the semi-final final one day. Uh, the pitch suited our bowling attack with Simon Armour, uh, Aaron Ninja, 
quite uh, spinning, friendly, quite slow, slow, slow bowlers orientated the wicket, and that suited us. And it went well on the day, and we <laughs> we sort of our last seven games, seven games we had to win to get to the final and win the final, and that's what we did. Sure. <laughs> Actually, fair enough. Last night was the first time we lost a Vitality Cup game in a year. Wow. So, wow. um, that's a good record. So, yeah, so it went quite well, but a lot of luck went our way last year. Yeah, because just, you want to touch on a few things there. And obviously, in England, the objective is to try and bowl a bit fuller compared to here in South Africa, where you maybe bowl just back a bit. Is that true? So, that's something you focus on with your scene bowlers? Yeah, I think the nice thing is, yeah, um, Chris Silver was uh, the head coach uh, about two, three years ago. Uh, and he won in 2070, won the championship and got him uh, also won the Division One championship. And he left a really good foundation with the okay. bowlers of what uh, he thinks is possibly the right length to bowl and what they have to do. So for me, it was actually really easier to take over with him saying the example as the England coach at the moment uh, played a big role with the bowling uh, guys here um, and left a real easy um, sort of process for me to take over is by eating top of off uh, consistently basically eating the pad as much as possible and mm -hmm. uh, luckily all our bowlers is slightly shorter and, and fair enough it, it sounds silly they're slightly shorter they move the ball around quite a lot uh, okay. skilled bowlers but the length is typically quite full and it's a lot easier for them to go fuller right. than a tall guy that has to go yes. uh, his natural length his backable length uh, uh, and some are our taller bowlers that we've got. We've got about three on staff at the moment. They struggle initially, but they're getting better with bowling fuller length. Okay. And a lot of bowlers, bowling coaches at, these, at this moment is coming to ask us, what do we do differently? And we just drill into them, Charlie, top of all, feet the pad as much as possible. And if then going back of a length or normal length that you bowl in South Africa is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, to adjust your length back is a lot easier than going fuller. Yeah, uh, and luckily these guys uh, was pretty familiar about doing that. It's just by fine tuning it, just being smarter uh, uh, with the actions, possibly understanding the actions. And I think that's where I possibly uh, could have assisted them a little bit. <laughs> where I'm not really technical, uh, I more of more look at the the actions a little bit, make the actions work efficiently. Yes. just making sure they're more consistent on their length. Um, uh, and that's where they've, they've been really good. Uh, and the lucky thing is we've got a bunch of young bowlers. Our oldest bowler is 27. Sure. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Porter. And then the rest of the guys are all younger, uh, 23, 21, 20. And they, they're hungry to learn and wow. eager to learn. Yeah. Uh, where it does help. Uh, it, it does. The coaching style of here is also slightly different. Where what the coach tells you doesn't always go. <laughs> it's definitely they've got their own opinion, yeah. so you have to make sure you get the relationship uh, right with him. Yeah, till he trusts you and your relationship with him is good, and then he might tap into your knowledge, and that okay. takes time. Where in South Africa, a lot of times, coaches, this is the way it's been done, guys yeah. follow. Where, yeah, it takes time, guys, it's got strong opinions, they believe in their opinions, and it's fair. You just got to make sure you, you build a real good enough uh, relationship with the players. Sure. So they eventually trust you long enough and the relationship is strong enough for them to then start trusting your your input or they ask your input at the right times. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been the difficult thing to get used to the first year. Yeah. 
but it's going well at the moment and the guys have done really well. So really yeah. thankful. So you really have to be like a proper man manager, so to say. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just different life coaching. Of course, the head yeah. coach, he, he says what the training sessions are, but the players will dictate to you how they want the session to run. So you might outline a session, the head coach, with anything will say, this, you know, 40-minute batting session, this, this, this. You, you set out the bowler's going to do this. But then a bowler might only want to feel they want to bowl 20 minutes and then do 20-minute skill then, okay, cool, you do that. We'll try and adapt around you or what your needs are. Sure. It's a big belief here how uh, it's all about the players and how they feel and how, what they need. Instead of when South Africa, yes, it's what the players need, but you're doing what the coach says and then you can do what you need later. Interesting. Yeah, it's all about, it's here, all about what the players need and want and how yeah. they feel. And then somehow you have to manipulate, uh, manipulate the situation to get your knowledge across sometimes or oh. let them do extra stuff yeah. for you to, to get your mark on them. So it's a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, uh, last year, like I said, I, I don't think I made a big difference, but I'm going to claim it. <laughs> uh, but I think it was a massive learning experience last year. Yeah. to understand how the, the coaching system in Connecticut works, how the county system work, mm. um, our players work, how our players need to be cheated because we got difficult bunch of guys and um, so it was a good learning experience and I think this year it was a lot better. Excellent and then I know um, you might not be directly involved in it, Simon Homer had a jolly good season and I know you said that earlier the pitches were quite slow obviously helped to a degree but um, was he just quite determined as well to just do as well as he can and and be uh, so successful I mean that was a jolly good return from him. Yeah, I think he's a world-class bowler. We are really fortunate to have him in our in our side. He's a world-class bowler. And the mm-hmm. big thing why he does really well, he, he doesn't miss a length. He builds a lot of pressure. Um, he's consistent. He spins the ball quite a lot. And a lot of guys struggle to play him because of his consistency and the amount of pressure he builds. Uh, and he's just unbelievable. I think he's always determined to do well. That's just mm-hmm. his nature. And, uh, what we know about Army, he wants to be in the Lamont and wants to take the credit for doing well <laughs> and getting Essex to do well. And that's brilliant. And you need those characters and he's done well. But then in the other side, you have to give credit to our scene bowlers to complement Army as well, to keep the run rate down, to allow him to keep on attacking and keep building the pressure. Because if the pressure gets released from the other side, it makes it harder for Army because he needs to build the pressure again. Then it takes time to do that, and then he'll be able to attack. So the nice thing is we can, Army can keep on attacking because the scene bowlers have assisted him quite well. Um, but uh, he's just a world-class bowler. He, he bowls consistently. And he just, he's a clever, smart bowler, mm-hmm. good cricket brain. Uh, so I think it does help him. And the wickets do spin in general everywhere. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So um, we, uh, yeah, like we said, we're quite fortunate to have a world-class bowler like him with us consistently. That's excellent. Um, you guys are currently doing the T20 Blast. Um, you guys are doing all right there. And um, do you take a bit of a different approach in terms of your advice to the bowlers? I mean, obviously, I mean, they're under pressure almost from ball one because the bats are that much more aggressive and they, they take more risks. I think the big thing for us is we don't try and change too much, really. Uh, our, still, our big goal as a bowling unit is trying to top of off as much as often. Possibly in one day cricket, try and go through hip height more often than too full, going stump out. Because if you go too full stump out, 
the guys will just hit through the line. Um, so a slightly more backable length, South African length, and then being clear on your plans and what you want to do, mm. especially mm. up front, middle period, and death. We've spent a lot of time, and that was one of our focuses to really focus on death bowling. Uh, the couple of the couple of years before, we, the guys haven't been really good with death bowling, so they have been doing a lot of work on it, and it's something that people think you can just turn on to bowl death. Uh, and uh, you have to practice it, and the guys do practice quite a lot. We're fortunate the guys are um, sort of uh, accepted that thing I brought to them and said, they need to practice this quite more often, and they're quite happy to do that. But then being clear on your plan, committing to your plan, and then just executing your skill properly. That's and that's the thing. You can't, you, you can't, you can't come out to the back of your run-up doubting what you want to do. The moment you get back to your run-up, have a plan, commit it, and then just make sure you execute it. If you don't execute it and you get it uh, in a different area, it's no one else to blame, it's yourself. <laughs> but if you get it in your area and it goes for boundary, then at least you getting it where you want to be it. Yeah, no, uh, and that's the most important thing, and that's where I think we improved a lot from last year to this year. Okay. Because this year is, is really short and it's it's completely different. There's like five championship games only, uh, and it's only probably I think 12 2020 games, where it's almost 18 2020 games normally, okay. and 15 championship games. So it's a lot more condensed and a lot more less time to adapt to things because what's happening we're playing a few three twenty twenty games we played sunday tuesday uh, thursday saturday oh wow and sunday we, and then sunday we start with a championship game for four days and then we got two yeah. and then we got two days off and then we're back into 2020 so there's no time to adjust to, to training skills oh. you have to try and sneak in time where you can but our guys have been really good they clear on their plans uh I think last year they uh, learned a lot. Uh, they've been watching a lot more cricket in general and plans on fields, um, especially we think at the death you can you can win games quite well. And then we've got a motto, be brave and take wickets always. And with the batters, be brave and take uh, chances you're yet to entertain. So be brave. Uh, and at the moment, it's gone well. We've Due one game because of rain, then a draw game against Surrey. They needed one of the last ball, and the guy bowled the duck ball and drew the game. And then last night, we unfortunately lost. So, the next two games is quite important for us if we can win them against Middlesex and against Kent over the weekend. We could be in a real good position. And then the championship over the weekend, if we win, uh, and summer, uh, if we win uh, with a few bonus points, uh, we should be. Uh, touch wood in the final. Ah, excellent. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, how does it all sort of work out now? Because obviously everything is up and down and we don't know what's what. So it's, it's nice to hear that it's, it's, it's going to be busy, but you yeah. guys are backing yourself. So I'm sure you guys are going to do brilliantly. Yeah, so it's gone well. So it's now been split into three groups, north, east and south. Oh, so yeah. in a south group, so you play against six, six, six sides in the championship. So the top three sides in... All three pools, they have a chance to be in the final, but then they go eventually on the, the top two points accumulated through the season. So yes, you might be top in your, uh, of your pool in the south, you know, the guys will be top uh, pool of their pool in the north and then the east, and then it goes down to who's got the most points. It's amazing. The, the, the top two... <laughs> So the top two then goes to the final, and it's a five-day final at Lords. 
Yo, 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 yo. That is funny. Yeah, so it's going to be quite special. Yo, it's amazing how we've had to adjust with everything um, in terms of this whole virus, but it's, it's good that they've looked to get cricket up and going. It's jolly, jolly important. Yeah, it's strange. The, the yeah. rules that you have to go through the whole time, every six overs, the ball has to be cleaned. Oh, wow. Uh, guys are not allowed to touch other, like if you have a short deck fielder, uh, they're not allowed to touch his armet. Uh, he has to go pick his armet up himself, or the 12th man has to run on the whole time and give the guy's armet, take the cap off. Uh, you have hot meals during four day cricket, you only can have cold meals, and you have to pack lunches, you have to bring your own water bottles. So it's a lot more complicated, a lot more. Got some cricket. It's quite thankful, it's, and it's quite different to play. But uh, apparently, there might be opportunity on Saturday that they might allow two and a half thousand people to come and okay. watch Great. at the Oval. So there's like uh, televised games where uh, a game played in the morning and a game played in the afternoon. So they might allow two and a half thousand people to come watch at the Oval. Um, but just different times and different ways of playing. You're not allowed to shine the ball. So very yeah. interesting. But yeah. it makes it quite a. Uh, we're just thankful that we got some cricket. Uh, uh, that's good for us. No, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> well, Andre, just talk about a bit about your career, the county championship, and I think you you had a great time there because I think you just took just over a thousand wickets um, in your time there. Um, I could almost refer to as your your cup of tea then, wasn't it? The county championship. Yeah, I think I did okay. I'll put. <laughs> it is different coming from South Africa and bowling like the full length in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I played for some really nice clubs. I played for Northampton initially, where Kepler Vessels was the coach, and he gave me the opportunity to get the experience of playing counter cricket. And I'm really thankful for that. And then I had the fortunate then straight after I was playing for South Africa, and a lot more opportunities came along to play as overseas player. Um, played for Essex, and then I signed a contract deal for Surrey. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed my time here. Yeah, it's been good. Um, Good cricket, tough cricket, uh, mm. long cricket, and you as a bowler, it's, uh, it's pretty hard on your body. Uh, but you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you learn how to be ready for games. You learn your action better. You learn the important things sometimes. I think about bowling and self, the skill factor, and what length you have to bowl, but how to look after your body, uh, when to rest, what to eat, um, makes sure. a big difference. And that's what you yeah. pick up here in in the county uh, circuit. No, that's excellent. That's good. Because I just want to talk about something that I always find interesting. You know, you just you get a youngster and he's quick. Like, he's gas, He's fast. Do you say to him, all right, mate, keep going. Try and bowl as fast as you can. Or do you say to him, slow down a bit. Let's get more accurate. And as you get older, let's try and pick up the pace again. What do you think is the right way to handle that? Uh, bowl quick. Mm, mm. Pace is the most important thing. If you can bowl quick the whole time. And consistent, and the big thing for me is yes, you can bowl quick, but you've got to bowl quick consistently. Mm. Um, and if you can keep on doing that, and your body can cope with that consistently, by pace, skill can be taught, uh, accuracy can be taught, yeah. but pace sometimes can't be really taught. That's a natural ability. So I think that's the most important thing. If you can bowl pace, keep bowling quick, but try and make sure you can bowl consistently. For me, I think it's important to bowl consistently, and then. Skill and little fancy tricks you can you can teach with time. Did you have any fancy tricks when you were bowling, Andre? Uh, not really. <laughs> no, actually, I, 
with my action, I had no chicks. My my chicks were <laughs> trying to stitch people, stare them out. <laughs> well, it did, it did work, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I just want to go ahead and touch back a bit, because I always refer to it as, as a good pressure and, and a bad pressure. Do you think Surrey's, I mean, sorry, Essex is under a good pressure this coming season to do well again? I think it is a good pressure. It's always nice winning the title, but it's always a nice pressure trying to defend it. And it's probably 10 times more rewarding and 10 times more, uh, how can I say, appreciated or respected if you can win a title, retaining it again. Uh, I think that's where we, quite fortunately, our guys are really hungry to keep on winning titles. So Alistair Cook is not going to keep on playing, not for winning titles. And I'll never forget a great story about Alistair Cook. He's probably the calmest person you can meet. And on the last day of, uh, or second last day of last year, when we were trying to win the, the title against Surrey, I walked with Alistair Cook to the ground. And I've never seen him that nervous um, ever. Mm. And he said he's so nervous because he didn't retire of international career not to win titles. And he wanted to make sure he's there to make sure he wins sure. the title. And that speaks a lot of where we're at as a club, mm. where our players are at. Uh, and that's our belief. Uh, we've got an unbelievable belief we can win from any situation. And we have been doing it this season and last season, coming back from situations that we shouldn't be winning games. And we win. So... I think that's the nice thing of these bunch of players and we're thankful that our players are like this and hopefully it continue for a long time. So, so what do you call um, Alistair then? Cookie. Cookie <laughs> or the chef? <laughs> the chef. <laughs> the chef. Uh, he's a good man. It's amazing. He, he's such a humble and brilliant guy mm-hmm. to have around. Um, he, we never call him so. If you take the mickey out of him, you call him sir. Uh, but the rest of the time, we call him Chef for this cookie. He, he's a really brilliant guy. Our, our youngsters are really fortunate to have him around and mm. be able to tap into his knowledge, especially with batting. Uh, we've got a few young batters coming through that can tap into his knowledge. Uh, and then our young, young bowlers can also tap into his knowledge because that's when you're going to get the most advices from a batter. Yeah. Your, as a bowler, your best friend has to be the batters because they give you feedback yeah. on what they're thinking and what to do about you. So uh, we'd be really fortunate to have him around. Mm, excellent. And let's chat a bit about the, the country that you're currently in, England. I mean, I don't need to say anything of James Anderson, enough said. Um, uh-huh. Hewitt Broad is doing well. But they seem to be in such a good space at the moment. And I'm talking about all formats, test, crickets, ODRs and 2020s. Has it sort of been your thoughts? Has it sort of been a thing that they've been aiming towards? You know, after the World Cup, when to keep maintaining that? And they're not just riding on the fact that they've won the World Cup. Um, I think that just the way they think about things is, is pretty clear and they know what they want to do. Okay. Uh, and they've, uh, it's a long thought process on knowing that they've played young players during the World Cup and the build-up to the World Cup. they played certain young players that they identified to focus on for the next World Cup already, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, they won the World Cup, but they already started to identify the players that they were focused on to assist them to win the next World Cup already. So this a process and a thought process of planning ahead have been really good. Uh, Chris Silver is a really astute coach and he, he, he'll, he'll continue with that. Uh, Owen Morgan is motivated to stay to the next World Cup and he's wow. got the experiences in how they did for this World Cup. 
Um, and they're all rubbing uh, shoulders the whole time. The test side, the one-day side, T20 side, and that confidence and belief and the culture of knowing how to win, knowing how to trust each other, uh, rubs off in all formats. Uh, and I think that's where they're so good at the moment. Mm. Uh, I think that's where they got a big advantage of uh, some other countries at the moment, I think. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Test Championship, you know, with India doing so well. Australia, you can never write them off. England are going to want to win it. And I think that's a three-way tie there. Those are going to be your top three, you know, once the Test yeah. Championship is sort of finished. It's going to be one of those three. That's, that's my thoughts. So, yeah, uh, I think so. It's very true. But it's like also the, the guys who play well away from, from home in mm. Test cricket is the guys that you will probably be close to winning it because most test sides are good at home. The yeah. guys who adapt the conditions away from home and play good cricket and consistent cricket away from home and, uh, is the guys I think will be right up there to win the test, test championship. Mm, 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 mm. Interesting times, very interesting. <laughs> but I know it's, it's been really good to chat to you. Thank you so much for your insight and I think it's exciting times for you. I think you're yeah. going to uh, just continue to grow and I think Essex is going to grow as well, just the way you, you go about things and how determined you are. So it's excellent. It's really, really good. Uh, thanks very much, Ryan. Thanks very much for having this interview. It's quite, yeah, quite it's nice to good. speak to people back at home. Yeah, I know. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Keep on. All the best. Okay, cheers, man. Bye-bye.